The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. Hi. And Junior is giving... That's that's a disgruntled noise. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. He's like, Just before we started, there was a real sort of... Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, here we go Not again. again. I just sat through some football bullshit with you guys snapping locks shut next to my ears. I mean, he seemed more happy with the football conversation than he is with this one. Yeah, well, I think... How have you guys been going? Because you've been home alone with Junior for oh, a while. Oh, we used to Have this. you been? Yeah, oh, yeah. are you? Yeah. The last few years, Gemma's um, travelled quite a bit for work, so we've we've gotten used to this kind of arrangement. I always think of that episode of The Simpsons, you know, when Marge goes away to Rancho Relaxo. <laughs> and in, in that time, like, Homer, like, a, you know, is wearing a wedding dress and there's <laughs> nothing to eat. Like, I always say to Jen, that's what's going to happen. You can go away for a week and you'll come back. The house will be burnt to the ground and he and I are naked sitting in a cardboard box in the street. Because I'm interested in, do you have a different relationship with him when it's you guys alone than you do when Gemma's here? Like, does it change the dynamic? Um, I think so. I think because Gemma brings that uh, maternal kind of soft energy, right? which is a counterbalance to my more kind of masculine kind of dad energy. Right. But when she's not around, it tends to be more making fun of him. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's one thing I do is I fucking talk to him. I've actually, right. I, I, I talk to him, but in public. Like this morning, I just forget. Like what sort people, of things? That I look crazy. Just like, well, I have a narrative going on in his head. You know, like I'll do his monologue. So, you know, when he's walking down sniffing something, uh-huh. I'll be like, oh, that's a good tree, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good tree. Oh, better go over there. There's something that looks disgusting. I better roll on that. And then he'll do that So essentially, thing. you're a dog commentator. Yeah, dog commentator. Yeah. But then I'll talk to him and I'll ask him, like, what are you doing? How was that? Was that good? Was that good? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, this morning... And I does he... Up, do you feel like he responds? Junior's got those big brown chocolate eyes yeah. that when he looks at you, you could pretty much extrapolate any reaction. Exactly. You can, re- you can read whatever you want into <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, he's the Ryan Gosling of dogs. I do think he's, he stares at me trying to figure shit out. Like, I do yeah. think he... Like, who the fuck is this crazy guy? Yeah, like, and when did the one who loves me go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is he always fucking talking? Why is talking? he talking all the time? It's uh, hard for me to think what? about where the piss is <laughs> when he's constantly talking about whether that's good piss. He and Gemma treat me the same way. In, in 13 years, I've noticed that Gemma has become very skilled at tuning me out. Oh, yeah. For her own sanity. Sure. You know, like, we can be in sitting watching TV together or, or working or whatever, and I'll be jabbering like I do and I'll look at her and I can see that it's just like she's either looking like she's listening or she's somewhere else but in her head there's some kind of like hold music playing yeah, there's a safe space yeah she goes exactly. to her safe space yeah <laughs> like some tropical island somewhere and so I look at Junior sometimes yeah. and when I'm fucking rabbiting on I think he looks at me and he's just like fucking the park the park it's a cool day the wind's blowing in the park lots of things to sniff is he done yet no fuck the other thing is just when you were saying that junior looked at me and gave me a look of like uh-huh that is totally what i'm thinking at all times well yeah he's he just has a way of chinning me out and like it used to be i would call his name and he would look up straight away now it can be like junior oh, no, oh there time. you go there you go i'll try it again wait wait till he settles back down again junior no again he looked Mate, he looked See what happens this time. This is the great, great podcast. <laughs> Junior, half look there. Watch this fourth time. I bet you want to. Here we go. Junior. It didn't turn. <laughs> I knew it. You tuned me out, didn't you? Oh, oh fine. So disrespectful. Good boy. <laughs> and just as our audience entirely tuned out as well, Junior tuned you out. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are they doing on TOEFOP these days? I haven't really Charlie, checked in. You know, Charlie. Charlie tries to get his dog's attention. Yeah, it's literally. But actually, hour. tries to do, not, not get, get his, his dog's do- attention. Not get his dog's attention by calling out his dog's name. Yeah. Nah, it's a great episode. It's a real good one, mate. You've got to tune in for that. Skip past the intro, but like get to the bit Which, where Charlie is trying to prove a point by just quite, ignoring him. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> then eventually his dog will ignore him. You know, I often talk to you about like, how could we adapt this into like something like a visual format, like a TV show or something? I think we've just come up with it. It's just me on a couch seeing how long it takes my dog to ignore me. Junior wouldn't be part of it. That'd be the problem. You have a go. Okay, Junior. He ignored you fucking first up. <laughs> wow. Uh, junior. Uh, junior, I'm over here. <laughs> I think this is honestly <laughs> the worst bit of the podcast we've ever done. And that is saying something. Like, it is real. Like, I, I mean, I didn't actually know that we could get to this low. And what I love is, despite the fact that we got that low, you went, you try it. <laughs> like, we, we got out of it. We'd made a little bit of fun of it and we'd moved on. And then you're like, no, no, you have a go. But what that proved... I was behind him, by the way. Is, but it doesn't matter. Like, it matters. He was looking straight ahead both times. Uh, you're you, closer to him. If anything, he should have turned to you earlier. <laughs> but what this proves is that you and what I it are polar opposites. Because yeah, that's I what called it his name and then slowly he turned yeah. away. With you, you called his name. He didn't look at you and yeah. then finally turned around. Right. Well, that's because I can sell it. What do you mean? Yeah, well, I mean, it was my acting skills. Oh, yeah, right. Junior. See? Doesn't even... Didn't even, even look the wrong way. Junior. Junior. Oh, there that was go. like four, four fucking guys. Oh, it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> All I have to do is say it four times and Junior finally turns his head. We are the polar opposites. You're right. Yeah. We're oh like a God. mirror image of each other. You're this is like man to my Joker. Yeah, this is like St. Peter, isn't it? It's like you denied me three times. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he, he and I have a good... We have a good relationship, but I do feel guilty because I can't be around when I go to work or whatever. When I'm experimenting with dog walkers at the moment, it's fucking difficult, man. That world of dog professional dog walkers, it's, it's a fucking real... Like, firstly, it's someone, a, They're very snobby in terms of their clientele. Well, firstly... When they're knocked back. It's an unregulated industry, so yeah. there's a lot of niche, you know, businesses. There's a bit of infighting between them. I think you could make, like... I mean, I guess if you hadn't already made Best in Show, you could definitely make it like a competing mm. dog walkers sort of... Actually, you could probably make some cool Australian series, like set in the suburbs. Like, you know, I mean, I suppose you're not meant to work well, with dogs and animals well, and stuff, I, but... I, I saw this one dog walker, because I, I, just before Gemma went away, we, were, we took him for a walk, and we re- came across two different dog walkers, and so I got cards off both of them. And uh, this one girl I called up, and um, she was seemed like really enthusiastic, and she had like a good-looking, you know, van and stuff, all the things that you judge a dog walker on. Right. Yeah, how's her van? Uh, it was uh, it was like one of those um, you know those weird kind of Mr Bean esque kind of it's like half a half a panel van half oh, yeah, a okay. little yep, Hyundai sure. kind of thing yep but with a big cartoon dog on the side so okay. you can trust her. Well, you trust her. <laughs> she got a cartoon dog on the side so she Let came just give those out to anyone she came round and she wanted to like just meet Junior and stuff and so it was all going well the interview was doing what Junior was on his best behaviour and she thought he was adorable and that kind of stuff right but then she's gone okay so this is how it works. <laughs> And she laid down like, you've got to give me your set, you know, what I, I walk minimum twice a week. So you've got to book me for a minimum of two walks a week. Wow. And you've got to give me the set uh, timetable. So I'll pick him up, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays. And I said, well, that doesn't work because my schedule changes from week right. to week. And she's like, all right, mm. well, uh, we'll do this first one as, a, as I'll do as a favor for you. But then you've got to book me in for two walks a week. <laughs> I felt really muscled. I was like, oh, sure, yeah. It was one of those things where I, I, I was so overcome with her, 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 her boldness that I just accepted the terms. Right. And then when she left, I was like, Gemma, yeah. I have to get out of this deal. Right. <laughs> she's coming around. She's got a key. She's coming around to get Junior tomorrow. And somehow I'm, I'm now committed to fucking having him walk twice a week on a, on a predetermined schedule, which I can't even guarantee. I've given a stranger a key to her house just because they had a cartoon dog on their car. Yeah, exactly. So um, I... Uh, I, 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 I sweated over that for a few days because I'm like, oh, fuck, like, do I, I call her up now because it's going to be a pain because I'm going to have to get the fucking key off her. And if she right. wants to be shitty about it, like, I'll have to get the key off her. Or right. it could be a, so I'm like, no, no, what I need to do is just see through this original booking, this, like, the favor she's doing for me. But I'll get her, I'll leave a note and get her to leave the keys behind. So that way I don't have to text her beforehand she's going to walk into the place she's going to get junior and she's going to see a note saying hey thank you you know here's your cash uh by the way 
that, those keys. I'm like, you could just leave them, but I won't go into why. Right. Just need them. Just, just need, need them. them. Just need them. Just Can't them. do that in a text message because she could respond and then I'd have to explain why. Right. It's a note. It was the first time a pen and paper has come in useful for me in the past 10 years. Right. I mean, it took you three and a half hours to work out how to use it again. <laughs> yeah. You are like, I kept trying to swipe the paper. I was like, ah, oh, shit. And go back to the menu screen. What? <laughs> Fuck. This is so hard. Uh, so it worked. It worked. I was okay. actually expecting to get a phone call from her because she was a very bossy No, lady. she got it. She got the, she she got got the message. She, yeah. Yeah. And then it was good. It was like a breakup where I didn't have to go through the painful saying of, hey, it's not you, it's me. I just did what most guys do and ignored her and treated her shabbily until she texted me to say, hey, you know what? I think uh, this there might be another arrangement. Sure. Um, so here's a number of a guy who can do odd days. It's like, yes. Yes, that's what I wanted. I cowardly and stubbornly won that one. <laughs> uh, you know what? That is interesting though because your dog scene, it is it, like we get our dogs uh, walked by a, a guy that we really like who does a really good job, I think. And um, But he does... Oh yeah, he, he turned us down. Oh, did he? Yeah, Amy uh, passed on his number. Doesn't do Jack Russell's apparently. Well, he, Racist. yeah, there's certain dogs that he does. And he, like, it, they go out on French Bulldog Friday, which is all just the Frenchies <laughs> together. And he makes videos. He makes videos and puts, like, inspirational music behind them and stuff <laughs> and does slow-mo of Can them playing together like, and stuff. It would be great if you get some of that WWE promo music from the early 2000s, like a bit of Creed. I mean, like, sometimes it is I... And you are with me. Sometimes it is, like, I of the Tiger and shit like that. Yeah, so it's awesome. It's not too far away from them being wrestling promos. Yeah. But yeah, they're cool. But he's good. But he turned you down. Turned us down. Um, I had a couple of people turn us down. Um, either based on breed of dog or uh, they don't really go outside their zones. They're very territorial dog walkers. Like someone, uh, Mary Lou, our friend who lives in, in Tamarama. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, I'll try my lady. And my lady wouldn't come the two suburbs across. Really? <laughs> to get to me, yeah. She wouldn't come this far. No. I mean, there's a lot of dogs. She said, uh, she said Tamarama is the furthest, furthest south she goes. Right. Which tells me it's a eastern suburbs business, probably does okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of people around that area that have dogs. Like, I've been down, when Winnie first got introduced to the pack, like when she was a little, little puppy, I went down and like walked with her with Scott, our like dog walker, you know, with his pack a few times. And you realize that there's all these other dog walkers in the same place with their packs yeah. of dogs and they all know each other. And it's all sort of like morning Ralph. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. At the, at my old place in, in Randwick, uh, there's a park near us, which was a big dog walker park. But I think the dog walkers who went there were the more, uh, how shall I say, uh, uh, unscrupulous oh, yeah. ones who would oh, you like don't want to go to that dog literally park, back up a van and drag right. out like 40 <laughs> fucking dogs. And it would be like just roving gangs of thrashing, just barking. dogs. Yeah, and this person didn't give a yeah. shit. They'd have like 40 dogs like held together and lead and in one hand they'd have their fucking coffee and their iPhone. They're trying to fucking check their messages while they're Gemma, I went dogs. with trucker dogs. Yeah. <laughs> they just seemed, they, they had the cheapest prices. They just chucked Junior in a truck yeah. with like 80 other dogs. <laughs> I'll be interested to see how he goes, though. He's um, not antisocial, mm -hmm. but he has a bit of only child syndrome. Right. In that... Doesn't suffer fools gladly. Well, it just prefers the company of humans. Sure. Like, I often will, uh, you know, encourage him to go play with other dogs. And he will from time to time. Like, sure. my brother has dogs. He stays with them all the time. But when he has the choice... Of human or dog? Yeah. He's, he's chosen his side. Yeah. He's like, I'm with these guys. What's a dog ever done yeah, for me? It's like that, uh, what's that fucking that animated film about the, the animals from the zoo who get stuck in Africa and they have to... Madagascar? Madagascar, yeah. He's like a Madagascar animal. Right. I often feel like I should just dump him in the woods just to, you know, teach him. See that. how he goes? Yeah. You'd be like... Toughen him up. It, there'd be some story on the news of how he survived two days yeah. by himself out there, but he'd be disheveled. Yeah. He'd look essentially... Turned be, feral. Yeah, exactly. Aren't there some fucking breeds of pig or something, or wild boar that... If you take a domesticated version and you leave it in the bush, within six months or something, they grow like tusks and they get a thick layer of fur. Like they, they Adapt. turn feral, but right. really quickly, like mutant gene engages or something like that. I mean, once you're out there, you've got to get... Why don't once we you... have that though? That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, we might. You just haven't tested it, right? Like, what if you went and lived in the, like, the forest? You, See, you would probably adapt survival skills, right? Well, I'd definitely grow more hair. Yeah, and your skin would probably become toughened more up. hardened, toughened up. Or like, you get tusks. Like, when I, shake, <laughs> when I shake a real man's hand, I'm always surprised that, like, how your body changes if you actually do decent work with your <laughs> yeah, hands. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, because you're a bit the same. Like, 
like I have soft hands because I've never done a day of hard work in my entire fucking life. And sometimes I shake men my age their hands and I'm just like, what is this? What is this? How did your hand get like this? Should you say someone about that? Can you get a cream? What's going on with your hand? I know my butler has similar hands. Are I you mean... turning into the thing? <laughs> because your hands, it just feels really weird to me. I've always had this thing that I, 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 uh, it's a shame that God didn't throw this added feature into humans. Don't no. you reckon it would be awesome that we, you got born with three layers of skin, right? right? So... Under each layer is a fresh brand new layer of skin that uh -huh. you can choose to start again with. So over the course of your life, you can choose, all right, you know what? I'm looking a bit worn. I might just like peel off that and give the new skin a go. Don't you think that would have been a handy feature? I mean, I guess it would have been, but wouldn't just all things not breaking be better? Like if we're getting God involved... <laughs> I mean, if we're going as far as getting God involved yeah. in the design of this, then... You want to be impervious to harm. Yeah. Why, why, why not just design something that works? So Rather than having like three layers, this complicated layer system that you have to then decide when you're at your peak and going to your next layer. Can't we just have well, skin that doesn't Well, that's get... what I like about it though, is it's the kind of, the, it's the kind of chance element of, oh right. shit, have I used my skin too early? Have I cashed in on my skin too early? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that day I got sunburned and I was going to a party that night, yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't have shed my first layer of skin. I mean, think about your teens, man. Like you'd be so tempted to go through oh, all when three you got layers acne and stuff. when you got acne But then your shit. parents are like, but what if you get acne again with your new skin? Then you've only got one skin left. Oh, they would, they would, they'd tell you. Yeah. And you're like, well, Johnny did it. Well, if Johnny dipped off all his skin, would you do the same thing? I mean, it'd be handy for bad tattoos. There'd be a lot more people. Yes. There'd be a lot more people getting experimental tattoos if you had a spare skin. Yeah, because well, there'd be no regrets on that one. And there? then there'd be people like Dane Swan who would just get every every layer tattoo. Right. I finished. Back I, I finished this, and yeah. now I'm peeling it off, and I'm starting again. Yeah. Okay, there are some advantages to this, Charlie. I'm coming around. See, <laughs> before I send off my email to God about impervious skin. You know, for the one for me is like, I haven't been in the dentist for a couple of years and I've suddenly got a couple of chips and cracks in my teeth. And now I'm at that point where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm getting old and my teeth are falling apart and it's too young for that to, I've got to go to the dentist. I, uh, I hate the dentist. So. I prior to my current dentist, I hadn't seen a dentist in seven years. Oh my God. I think, I think it was like, yeah, since 2000. And your dad was a dentist. My dad was I a mean, dentist. I mean, I feel like that says something deeper grave. than that. <laughs> Every night I'm haunted by my father. Why don't you floss? He wasn't there for me and I am not there for dentistry. <laughs> uh, so I uh, got health insurance, which is what's what changed it because it's free dental. Um, and I was like, fuck, man, this is going to be a bad consultation. But it was, apart from a cleanup and I think one filling, I was A-OK. -okay. I had managed to sidestep any significant issues. I got my uh, tooth knocked out when I was 15, my bottom tooth playing football at school at uh, lunchtime. And uh, uh, they put in like a, back then the technology Blue they tech. had in the country, basically in the country was like they, you know, there was an artificial tooth on like a metal thing yeah. and it's attached to the two back teeth. And the thing they say is like, you know, you've got to make sure that at some stage you replace that yeah. and get like a crown or get whatever it is that you an implant or whatever it's meant to be. And that was when I was 15 and I am 42 years old and I still have that fucking, like all my life I've just had this thing. Like, I mean, it's been different. It's you been just replaced get, you and just cleaned and stuff. Juicy but fruit and just put it just stick away. it in there. <laughs> it's been a Tic Tac for the last three years. I've literally been living with a Tic Tac in my mouth for three, three well, years. Well, I did meet a dentist uh, about a year or two years ago who, because the other recommendation this new dentist gave me was, oh, you grind, you need to get one of those. And they all say that. That's a new gut. flossing, mate. And, so, and that's what I thought when they told me, you grind. And I got the mouth guard. And I wore it a bit and I went, fuck this shit. And now it. I've noticed that I've really ground my teeth down. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that he said that scared me is he's gone, look, um, he's gone, you've only lost like, you know, a millimeter of what you should have. But he's gone, once that goes and you crack through that enamel, like that's a fucking full rebuild. Like yeah. you've lost the thing that your teeth are there to do. Yeah, that's crunch and grind and stuff. You've that's where it. I'm getting on yeah, some right. shit. But I like my mouth guard thing now. I went top shelf too. Like I went the unbreakable one that'll last me 15 years or whatever. But I actually get quite a bit of comfort. Fucking ruins your love life. Yeah, right. There's nothing sexy about it. So Gemma knows when the mouth guard is not out. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> a little a sign. Sexy time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you find me more attractive when I'm not lifting my dirty talk. <laughs> when I'm not like, I love you. Yeah. I find you so sexy. Uh, but I like it. And I actually, it, I find it quite comforting now. And definitely the, the thing that, the added benefit I wasn't expecting is that I must have ground like a motherfucker. Right. I used to get so tense yeah. around my jaw. 
Now I'm really relaxed there. It does not hurt at all. No, I, I can I I feel it in my jaw. I ache in my jaw, particularly during Gruen and like when I'm working really hard and the well, stress holds of it. Yeah, and I I can tell that that's what it is. All my taste now when I look at them, you can see that they've all been worn away at the bottom, like where they used to be kind of like they look like a tooth. Now they look like something that is genuine. You're a herbivore, so doesn't matter, right? You just need those flat grinding teeth. Oh, yeah. I can just mush up, up my vegetables <laughs> and then just mush it into my mouth. It's fine. But there was a fucking era. Like, I guess, I don't know, maybe dentistry has come a long way in the last 70 years. But for, like, even our grandparents, not uncommon that they had false teeth. Right. It's getting less and less common now. I don't want false teeth, though. Ah, uh, you'd look, uh, come on, chompers. I feel like <laughs> I might have to get chompers. It's the wrong podcast for that, but I might have to. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where... I I think I just get a little, I don't know, it's your teeth. You just worry about like, I mean, I what it, the pain, I think. Oh, yeah. I think I'm just like a, for whatever reason, my mouth and the teeth and whatever that pain is that you get when they stick you with stuff and when they drill you with stuff, I really can't handle it. I don't like it at all. That's fair enough. I mean, I know that's common, but it's like also one of those things where I think the... I, I really like to think that I'm a person who's afraid of like anything really, but I am fucking terrified. I've of told you the story about my dad. I remember visiting him once. Uh, my dad never really liked being a dentist. It was kind no. of a career that was sort of, you know... He was Which is common in dentists, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, uh, and so he, he, he would go to work, not begrudgingly, but I think there was like more a sense of I'm, uh, I'm providing, providing for my family yeah, exactly. more than anything, more than the joy of, of helping people. But I remember visiting when I was like five years old or something. He had this surgery in Collins Street and uh, I stuck my head in and he was with a patient and the patient was very recalcitrant like is that the word uh sure yeah you know kept that wouldn't open their mouth and my dad was just very gently trying to coax them into you know just open your mouth we're just just gonna have a look there's nothing going in it just want to have a look at the okay and so that went on for a minute or two and it's like okay i'm just gonna go to the office i need to get something and i saw him go around into the office and he put a pillow up against the wall and he fucking hammered the pillow <laughs> like 10 times shook it off and then went back in it was like okay so we'll just have another go just to open your oh. mouth and it's like that was his fucking day. Wow. I mean, can you imagine that every single person wow. who comes through the door fears oh. you? You know, even if they like you, they're still kind right. of scared of you. I like my dentist, but yeah, you're right. You go in there with fear. Yeah. And and it's, oh, and there's also just a reaction where your mouth doesn't go, like dentistry, It actually it should be one of those things, you know, we sometimes joke about you having small hands, is like, did your father have small hands? Because that would actually be a really good thing for... In fact, they should they should did. stop putting fucking jockeys on the back of horses, and they should put tiny little people. Yeah, like give them dentistry degrees because that's what you need. You need your tiny little hands in there because I just feel like there's too that, much. Do you think there's too much finger going? on? Too much finger, yeah. Hmm, really, I don't. That's not the problem I have. The problem I I have is the it's the instruments. I mean the instruments, it's the instruments as well. Don't get me They're, wrong, because none of them look. Friendly or no. fun, like they're all scrapers, you, yeah, and even the sound, all the sound, and, yeah. and the, like they're all needles like, and scraping. Even, you, even like when you see a GP, like there's right. some wacky, like there's the thing he hits your knee with and your leg goes. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's all a bit goofy. Or the thing that he pumps up and puts yeah, on your yeah. arm. That's, that's like, awesome. That's great. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, we like that. Yeah, but with the. De- <laughs> But with the dentist... I don't even mind when I have to pee in a cup. No, I like That's that. a little bit of an adventure. Even when you get a jab in the buttock. Right. It's fun. You know it's what? It's all fun. I had some vaccinations recently. I've had some Saturday it's nights fun. that have gone roughly the same way. Exactly. A lot it of chemicals being put into my body. It wasn't a bad night out. <laughs> Didn't get flu. <laughs> but yeah, the dentist, it's the fucking... Everything that is is in there is to scrape or prod or, 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 or jab. And it's just that fucking cleaner, that super quick... And I know it's not even you making that sound like terrifies me. I got got a bit of like a a sympathetic reaction to my jaw then. Right. For some reason, whenever they do the inside of my bottom teeth, like around the front teeth, they always catch gum like every single time. Right. Like I, and it's like an electric shock that goes through my neck and my tongue. Like, ah, and you can't fucking move because your head and they've got the fucking sucking thing in your mouth. That's where I feel most kind of like afraid. They do sleep dentistry now. How oh, do you really? feel about that? Yeah, well, I've never had any major dental work done. So I don't know how bad it can get. I imagine I would say, yeah, I'm all for sleep dentistry. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have an anesthetic. I guess that's how it works, right? But um, Which is dangerous in itself. But I've got to say, if I could just go to sleep and they could just do it all and then I could just... I think that's 
There'd be so many great... Although there's such... You'd really oh. be a bit like... It'd be nightmarish if you kind of wake up and people are like... Like, do you your, mean like if you mouth. didn't know where you were and yeah. like Ugh. yeah, oh, and that probably distract her. your head right to stop you from moving ah! as well. Oh, so it sounds like, terrifying. Yeah, it's like, like a Frankenstein. Oh yeah, <laughs> they literally bolt your fucking head into something. They harness. knock you out and then I guess they probably don't have to care oh, as much so when you're asleep. Amazing. Do you know like, what I mean? Um, like your dad could punch a pillow while you're in the room yeah, if you're exactly. asleep. <laughs> There'd be so many amazing um, uh, like uh, Instagram opportunities though with some unconscious person with their mouth wide open. Think of all the things oh, you can dangle just above that's it. That's a good point. Now I can't. <laughs> now I can't get that done. You've ruined you, that. You would look so because you'd have some kind of calipers or something holding your mouth no. open and your teeth all exposed. Got to be an opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got to be an opportunity. There's got to be no. one. There's got to be one dentist who's like, I take the camera. I'm just hold my balls just in front of his mouth. You know what? I'm, I'm actually a big, uh, I'm a big groom fan, but yeah, I couldn't resist this opportunity. Well, there's just some dentist who like pulls out his like his uh, his sand wedge and a little ball and just like tries to chip the ball into your mouth. I mean, that's what you would fear, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Okay. Have no. you ever been under anaesthetic? No, never have been. Me either. No, I mean it's dangerous. Has to stop you trying? Yeah, I mean I've given it a crack. <laughs> Tried everything else. I smoked a bunch of banana peels one night. Does that count? <laughs> Self-administered, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I never have. But um, uh, if I get my hips done, or if, when I eventually get my hips done, I'll have to obviously do it. So that's that'll be the first one. But no, I never have. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things that I just take for granted. It's like, oh yeah, people have operations, but when I actually genuinely think about what you're doing like it's fucking terrifying oh i can't think of anything worse also than what like you hear these stories about people waking up during their operations and these sort of things that's the thing that i fear like i fear that my tolerance that i've built up over the years i'll go in for some anesthetic and i'll be like oh yeah he's down and then like half an hour later <laughs> i'll be up and i'll be up and i'll be, and I'll be like yeah uh, where's he going he seems to be heading for the cafeteria cafeteria and he's Grabbing some cat food as well. He's going to feed the cat. He's putting Milo into a tub of cream. Yeah, this is weird. That's not normally the reaction. He does know that half his stomach's open, right? Yeah, well, I, I, want, I sleepwalk quite a bit, so I wonder if I would be more susceptible to sleepwalking under anaesthetic. I mean, hey, is it anaesthetic or ana anaesthetic? Well, uh, in America, they call them anesthesiologists, don't they? Anesthesiologists. So I don't even know. Anesthetic. 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 I look again. Let's just say anesthetic. I felt like the dog thing wasn't going to be the low point of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> Will and Charlie try to say anesthetic. 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 <laughs> Junior. <laughs> Still nothing, mate. Still around. nothing. Wow. Too much anesthetic. Oh no, he's not buying into it. No. Um, yeah, the, it, it uh, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that a you're in a hospital, which I I mean look. Most people find hospitals unnerving, but I in particular, because I've spent, you know, I spent a yep. big part of my childhood in mm -hmm. hospitals visiting my dad and recently with mum, obviously, it's just like, you don't, they're just, there's not, no one's in a hospital for a good time. No. I mean, I remember when I had uh, viral meningitis when I was a child, that was, that's the only time I oh, really, really, really remember. It's like a disease you get in like Dickens times. Yeah, I was a child in Dickens times. Uh, it was uh, Charlie. I, I remember saying at the time it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, and uh, I um yeah, I had it, and that's my only time I've ever like been in hospital for like you know for any period of time, and that was only a few days from. Memory. How old were you? Young, like I mean, I don't even can't remember. Maybe f five or six or something yeah, right. like that, and. Um, and that might not be right, but young. I remember being young. And all I remember, this is very me, is that you got jelly and ice cream. Yeah. I don't actually remember being sick, but I do remember that every night I got jelly and ice cream. So That's funny because that is one of the... That has triggered something for me. Every kid I know who went to the hospital spoke about the jelly and the ice cream. I'm just wondering if maybe this is true or it's some kind of like mind control technique. Right. That's what you always remember yeah, they when you come you, out? They like, pumped you so full of anesthetic. Jelly and ice cream. Charlie and ice cream. Jelly and ice cream. I mean, it made Charlie and ice cream. Charlie and ice cream. Yeah, that's the other the <laughs> yeah. other thing they gave us. Charlie, and ice, Charlie and ice cream. <laughs> Carmichael Hunt turns up. He's like, I got the special delivery for you. Hey, oh wow, you can't have a gay time on your own, I suppose. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yeah, jelly and ice cream. Uh, well, that's probably it. But that's like getting like a lolly at the doctor. You know, like, do you mean? It's Did like, you ever get a lolly at the doctor? Yeah, our, our doctor definitely had. What, like, was your, what was your childhood GP? What was your name? Uh, oh, no, can't remember. Can't remember. Wasn't, was he not your regular doctor? Yeah, he was, but I can't remember. Wow, what happened? You plucked something out. Yeah, I just, like, you know what? I have to remember heaps of shit, Charlie. And I, like, You've I've, chosen to let go I have prioritised my Judy. childhood doctor as one of the things I did not need to remember. Dr. Kel... Uh, Ke- shit, I've forgotten what mine is. I thought it was Dr. Kelly, but I don't think it is. Kenny, Dr. Kenny. Dr. Kenny. And he was, like, my GP from five till, like, I was in, like, way into my 20s. I saw him for about 20 years. He actually became a GP after a botched operation uh, and <laughs> no, I was just going to go for a big, anyway, whatever. Like, like uh, toilet joke? No, Kenny I was going to go, oh my God, you've killed Kenny. Uh, all right. <laughs> I went to Kenny, the, uh, the portal yeah, the to- guy. Yeah, the toilet guy. <laughs> toilet Kenny. There's two Kennys. Oh, Grant was, Kenny. My first instinct was Kenny Everett, but I thought, <laughs> no, like they, that's too much of a stretch. What, Kenny Rogers? It's quite a few Kennys, really, when you think about it. Yeah, there's a lot of Kennys, I suppose. What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> uh, who's the Australian version of that? What's the frequency, Kenny? Who's the most famous Kenny? Kenny Rogers. That's Kenny. the first one that comes to mind. Kenny yeah, Rogers. I reckon Kenny Rogers. And then Kenny from South Park. And yeah. then... Um, Kenny Rogers, Kenny South Park. Who we had one of them before? <laughs> there was who? more of them we had before. <laughs> Oh, Kenny the toilet guy. Yeah, I Kenny from the movie, and then, <laughs> and a, then that's a sad state of affairs when the second and third most famous Kennys don't have surnames and are fictional. I mean, it probably does put pay to our theory that there's heaps of Kennys, but I think it's in first place. It is, uh, yeah, obviously Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. Uh, in second place, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Yeah. In third place, Kenny, Kenny from Everett. South Park. In fourth place, Kenny Everett. In fifth place, Kenny the Toilet Guy. In sixth place, Kenneth, also known as Kenny from What's the Frequency, Kenneth. And in seventh place, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Eighth place, Ken Hinckley. Ken Hinckley. (laughs) And in ninth place, Ken Burns, the documentarian. Tenth place, uh, Ken Barbie's boyfriend. Ken Barbie's boyfriend. Yeah, dropping down. In eleventh place, um, there is uh, Grant Grant Kenny. Grant (laughs) Grant Kenny. Kenny. Uh, and 12th is Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner in 12th, which is weird, but uh, the, yeah, she's but she's but they call, the I'm sure they call her Ken and Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. Yeah, they might, yeah. Um, and then there's that song, oh, there's Kend- a- Kendall and the Wind by Elton John. Oh, yeah, and of course, Ken from Kentucky Fried Chicken. A lot of people don't know that was a guy called Ken and a guy called Tucky who started that business. Yeah, Michael Tuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kentucky. Oh, Ken Judge and Michael Tuck. Yeah, it's a wrong podcast. But <laughs> but there's going to be some Hawthorne supporters who love that one. Um, uh, did you like the Kenny Everett show? Loved it. I think I've talked to you before about Sid Snot, right? No. Do you, you remember Sid Snot, right? Mm, was he the punk? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I still... Oh, like, by the way, so Kenny Everett was like a, a, a British comedian, comedian from the early 80s? Yeah. And gay or... Tra- or... Well, queer friendly or yeah I'm, I'm but, he, but he'd play char- it's a sketch comedy show and he would play different characters so yeah. he, he, Chris, but he but Chris Lilly the reason up. I brought up the the gay thing which I'm going to look up to see if it's true but um, the stuff was always quite subversive yeah like it was one yeah, of yeah that's right because it was oddly sexual but yeah. non but not male gaze sexual right. you know what I mean there's a lot of boobs and kind of you know yeah. sex the hot gossip dancers right right holy fuck I haven't thought about them in years. That was my sexual awakening as a fucking four-year-old seeing the hot gossip dance. So Kenny Everett, not his real name. Right. Um, uh, First name actually Ken? No. First name is, what does it begin with? Uh, M. Michael. Maurice. Maurice James Christopher Cole is his actual name. Uh, Maurice Cole. Born Christmas Day, 1944. Uh, He uh, died on the 4th of April, 1995. Um, known professionally as Kenny Everett, was a British comedian, radio DJ, and television entertainer. Uh, Everett is best known uh, for the Kenny Everett video yeah, show, which it? was the Kenny Everett video cassette. Let's see if I can find some stuff about the Kenny Everett show. Um, brother, brother, brotherly love. Remember him, brother. 
brother, brotherly love. Had the giant hands. Yeah, my, my favorite was always uh, Sid Snot. And that my favorite sketch, I remember it as a kid, because Sid Snot would sit on a park bench and he would throw cigarettes into his mouth. And oh, the, way, yeah. the way the bit would always work was he'd miss the cigarettes and then the punchline <laughs> would happen and then he'd catch the last cigarette in the mouth. And I just, for whatever reason, that captured my attention <laughs> and imagination. And the one I remember, still remember, he goes, uh, g'day, Sid's not here, because that's how he always started his stuff. He goes, g'day, Sid's not here. Did say g'day? Hello, whatever it was. <laughs> Sid's not here. He probably just said Sid's not here. I've, I've localised it. Sid's not here. Um, throws the cigarette, misses. Uh, the other day, I was in the park, throws the cigarette, uh, misses. Uh, feeding the pigeons, throws the cigarette, misses. To me cat, catches. And that was like the first joke. I was like, ah, I see what you did there. That was fun. Um, all right, let's find out about Kenny Everett because I want to know if he... Uh, okay. Um, Does it say he's ranked as the uh, fifth most famous Ken? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it may not be on here yet, but let's see. Um, Everett married the singer... Oh, okay, no. Uh, Everett married the singer and psychic Audrey Lee, Lady Lee Middleton. I'll say straight. Uh, at Kensington time. Regis the office on 2nd of June 1969 by September 1979 they had separated and in the mid 80s he publicly acknowledged his homosexuality yes. oh there you go right. uh, one of the first boyfriends a waiter called Jay Pitt was found for Everett by his wife <laughs> oh, oh that's okay. nice that's good that's a that succession plan right <laughs> that's what you call that that's the way you do it well it's good to have her on board yeah definitely I mean who, who knows him better Oh, well, that's nice. I'm glad to hear that's that. That's a fucking understanding wife. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Mercury and Everett became close friends over the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, so they were friends. Illness and death. Oh, he died of HIV. Um, I seem to... I, can't, I don't remember. Well, he died of an AIDS-related illness, of course. You yeah. Don't, you don't die you of don't HIV. Die HIV. Um, well, so how long did that show run for? Yeah, though? that's what I was going to try to find, the Kenny Everett video show. Um, Kenny Everett video. He did a lot of stuff, actually. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, in 1978, London's Thames Television offered him a new venture, which became the Kenny Everett Video Show. 78. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Um, uh, interspersed with the latest pop hits, either performed by the artists themselves or as backing tracks and dance routines by Arlene Phillips, risque dance troupe, Hot, Hot Gossip. gossip. That was sexy, right? Yeah. Various pop and TV stars made cameo appearances on the show, including Rod Stewart, yep. Billy Connolly, yep. Kate Bush, mm -hmm. Cliff Richard, Freddie Mercury, Terry Wogan, and Susie Quattro. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, remember, there were also the stories of Captain Kremen, a science fiction hero voiced by Everett and originally developed... Do you remember that? No. Kremen of the Space Corps. No. Oh, really? No, I remember that one. Oh. It, that was that was probably my kind of other favourite sketch. Yeah. Um, all right. Blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Um, Has it got the list of the characters? Uh, other characters included uh, aging rock and roller Sid Snot. Yep. Unsuccessfully flipping cigarettes into his mouth. There you go. Uh, at one point, Everett managed to catch one in his mouth to the amusement of the studio crew. Oh, that, that must have been, been the, the one I saw. You saw. Wow. I saw that That's one. That's so crazy. Oh, awesome. Um... <laughs> Marcel Wave, a lecherous Frenchman, played by Everett, wearing absurdly false latex chin. Oh, uh, angry of Mayfair, an upper middle class city gent, complaining of the risque comment. I can't remember that. No. Um, all right. Four series. Four series on ITV. So, there you go. Why am I thinking? There's one sketch I remember that is so bizarre. It's like a guy walking through an arcade. It's Kenny Everett walking through an arcade, yeah. like a games arcade. And there's a big arcade game. And it's something like the game is like the girlfriend experience or it's like sex machine or something like that. And so Kenny Everett kind of looks around and is like, you know, sees no one's watching and he puts money into the machine. <laughs> and these two robotic arms come out, grab him and pick him up. And then this panel swings open and these two giant fake rubber boobs pop out and then the machine slams his head into the boobs repeatedly. That is like, that's my lasting memory of the Kenny Everett <laughs> video show. It says a lot about the two of us, I guess. Uh, you know what? We've missed the famous Kenny, of course. Which Kenny one? G. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Kenny right. G would have been uh, up that list, I would have thought. Have I mean, be. way up it early on, but like he's probably slipped down a lot recently. But, but you'd have to put Kenny G before South Park Kenny, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably. He's probably got to be I like mean, when this. you say Kenny G. Kenny G. Well, we didn't think of him, but yes, in retrospect, you're right. And then I've looked up other famous Kennys and there really isn't any. So we've oh, named really? them all pretty much about what about Ken Sutcliffe? Kenny Sutcliffe. Yeah, okay. That'll yeah. work. <laughs> hey, can we pause just for a second? Yeah, sure. And we're back. And we're back. Um, LA Pod Fest. Oh, yeah. We should mention that. Uh, we should have a chat about that. Uh, we're going to do a How Will Do You Know Charlie? Yeah. Um, so we've both got some stories and our guests will have to guess. Yeah. Let me, uh, I'll put a bit of sizzle out Okay, there sizzle as it. Well, sizzle it. Go. Uh, to encourage people to uh, buy a, a virtual pass. Okay. So firstly, if you're going to the podcast festival on the Saturday, at, are we on at two? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, four? Four. <laughs> two or <laughs> four. Between two and four? It's a, yeah. It's a multi- I think it's multiple of two. I think it's from two to four. Is it from two to four or four to six? No, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to look it up. Well, oh, really? We, we actually okay. do this. We'll come back from a break them. and hear some more holdings. Right. <laughs> All right, we're back again. Okay. It took us a little while, but yes, it's 2 to 3.30, it says. Okay. So cool. I think we've got the room from 2 to 4, but like yeah. 2 to 3.30. Awesome. So All right. um, it's in the Hollywood Sunset Room. Yeah. Uh, and yes, and uh, Comedy Film Nerds is on after us. And so we will be playing How Will Do You Know Charlie? Um, but I will be, for the first time ever, with a How Will Do You Know Charlie? What's going on? I will be providing... How shall I say it? I don't want to spoil it for you because I'm not going to tell you beforehand. I don't want to spoil oh, okay. it for the audience. But there will, for the first time ever, be some physical evidence to support the claims of one of the clues. Hang on. Is there a dress with a stain on it that you're going to reveal <laughs> at Podverse? There is nothing that's hazmat. Right. Is this, <laughs> like, is this a case of like if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit? It may be something that, it is something that will be brought through customs that if explored... Oh may may lead to some questions oh so there's right. a bit of sizzle that for is you. sizzle i love that so uh the other thing i was going to mention is i'm also on uh, road stories with maria valeriano valeriano uh on the friday night and that's on at 11 p.m so if you're there for the whole weekend come and see that but there is a live stream of yes. the festival that you can buy if you are anywhere else in the world and you can see over 40 shows that are on at the podcast festival you can watch them live yeah uh, or archive for a month they're archived for a month and you can watch them then it's only 25 bucks 20 if you use the code tofop t-o-f-o-p it helps us pay for our flights and stuff but also it helps them invite us to the festival because if lots of people obviously watch using our code they know that we're a popular show for the festival so if you could do that yeah. that'd be cool we have so many cool guests uh, uh, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds who were on the last tofop as well if you haven't heard that yet yeah. but they uh, are doing the show um uh, graham elwood from comedy film nerds has said that he'll come and do year. it uh that'll be really fun laura house who i don't know if you've met laura no, house but yet. i've listened to a meditation podcast she is great she's an absolute cracker you're gonna love having her on the show um jen kirkman it looks like isn't in town but if she is in town is he's gonna <laughs> just swing like he's literally gonna swing by i think she's like meant to be leaving for new york or something that right. day so i basically just said look if it's mid-afternoon and everything else is done and you could be bothered <laughs> come and swing by that'd be really cool matt kershon's gonna be on the show anyway we've got heaps of really cool guests so yeah. it's gonna be fun yeah it's uh, it's definitely worth tu- it's definitely worth tuning in but like i said for the first time ever there'll physical be evidence physical evidence will only exist for people who are at the show or watching it, because once that once that the evidence is brought out, it will never be seen again. Oh, yeah. Oh, now see, now I'm really intrigued. <laughs> now I can't wait for it. Oh, well, this is really exciting. I like it. That's good sizzle, Charlie. I like it. Well yeah. sizzled. What are you bringing to the table? <laughs> uh, well, I'm also bringing to the table a story that has physical evidence. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> now I am. Now I'm bringing I'm to the, the table ante. two stories that have physical <laughs> evidence. It's quite fun. I've been emailing with Deeksy this week just because, um, uh, you know, I, as you know, I write the intros, the live show, and I always like to kind of change them up a little bit. Yep. Um, but I'm thinking this time I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, we've opened the gate to Deeksy a little bit more each time. It's uh-huh. like, Deeksy, you know, say this, say that, and, you know, and he's, he's rewarded us with some truly bizarre and hilarious choices. So I think I'm just going to like, Give Deeksy a little bit of creative freedom on You're this You're going to let Deeksy be Deeksy. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I like it. 
Like sometimes you got to trust Charlie. Yeah. The first few albums that Lady Gaga released were very conservative, and then right. she went full fucking meat dress. We just go full dicks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> full dicks dress. Part of you wants to, like, depending on you know how well we go in the future in terms of you know turning this into something that can maybe uh, make some money. Flying dicks out for LA Podfest because I not only would I love. The American audiences to have him on stage, but because out of context, even better. Yeah, exactly. Like even in Australia, yeah. like you know, the context. Can you imagine? But, right. a, but a weekend in LA with Dixie, right? I can't think of anything better. No, nah, we should pitch a show. We <laughs> could, we could, like a week in LA with Dixie. It would be fantastic. Yeah. Like I just would like to show him things that excite him and just hear that fucking Dixie voice. Wow, look at that! The Hollywood sign. I mean, it would be great if he could comp- like we could do a little thing with Dixie and then get him to voice the package. Yes. Oh, that's a great idea. That'd be really good. Well, let's sell that idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's next year though. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how good the sizzle was today. So what we've sizzled this year and you've sizzled next yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. So what we're trying to say is, is go to our Patreon page. Yeah, yeah. If you could, and give us enough money to get uh, to get to get Dixie over to LA with us. Uh, James Fosdyke has just done another brand new Everyone Relax uh, yeah, comic Yeah, which I'm going to put up today. It's a bit late this week, unfortunately. But so James explain to those who are hearing about this for the first time what goes on there. So um, James Fosdyke, who does all our artwork, uh, uh, does this amazing comic strip, which uh, Will likes to call a three-panel cartoon strip. Right, which it has, I don't think, ever, <laughs> ever been. been. <laughs> I think 17 panels was the count on the last one. Um, but they're taken from conversations we've had on this show. So there's been 130-something episodes, so... He goes through and he picks out a conversation that tickles his fancy and then he illustrates it. But what he does so well is he takes what we're talking about and then adds another layer of his own genius, creative genius. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. And it is it, it, the reason we've got it there is not only as a reward to the subscribers, but also James has done so much for us that like to have him have an opportunity to have a paid comic strip, you know, yeah. a regular thing, it's something... Oh yeah, that, we pay him. We should point that out. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So you should... Uh, it's one of those things where you're supporting James and us if you're at that level. And so yeah. if, if they're, you know... But it is really worth it. Like it's one of those things where I guess if we get enough of them eventually that we might compile them into a book or whatever and sell it or offer it at a higher reward level. But you yeah. can just... You can get them, you know, by yeah. signing up to the ten dollar level, yeah, and, and it obviously what? helps us. Why don't you sign up to the ten dollar level for one month? Try have it. A look at it and just see if you it, like man. it. Just, just try it. Just try it. Why don't I mean, you just? If you're, if you're even if you're on like a two dollar subscription, like it's yeah, eight just, more bucks I mean, a week. That's, like, I mean, that's not even a bloody cup of coffee, mate. Right. In, uh, two Parker cups Sydney. of coffee a week. One yeah. in Western Australia. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I reckon I would highly encourage that. And look, we are patrons ourselves um, of other podcasts, like including The Dollop, and you do get a lot of benefit from it. Look, we're not doing the hard sell on you. We're just saying, if you like what I we mean, do... Seriously, guys. We're fucking giving you some shit. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes back. into this. You couldn't give us a little in return? I mean, we're giving you a little... You don't want to pay for two guys trying to get a dog's attention? I mean, I guess this wasn't the best episode <laughs> to go for the hard sell. I mean, I guess when we were really going to go, hey, you know, it's worth $10 to hear this quality entertainment. It probably shouldn't have been the one where we argued over how you say anesthetic and then tried to get your dog to come to us for about five minutes. I guess this wasn't the one to go all in on. Hey, uh, uh, how is um, uh, Militime, Operation Militime going? Since you posted that uh, uh, CGI-free Mad Max video, a lot of people have been saying, where's Miller? I mean, here's the first thing is like, how good was that? If people haven't seen it, they released this like just little clip of like stuff from uh, Fury Road that, you know, without any of the CGI. And still, it's better than fucking half the films that are out there now. I, there's parts of it that look better than Fury Road. Yeah. Because when you actually see that they're just doing all that shit, you're yeah. like, this right. is amazing. So there was, there's one stunt in it. Like, I mean, you're not going to pick what it is, but it's where one of the trucks, you know, gets smashed and explodes. And you see a body flying <laughs> through the air. And I still cannot work out yeah. if that is a human or a dummy. Like... It looks human. Right. <laughs> As it flies in the air. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. It's one of the wide shots where the two big trucks are side by side and, and, and the, the smaller truck is crashes and flips and you see a guy and he's on like a, a crane arm, but you just see him like cartwheeling through the air, then hit the sand. And part of me is like, I guess you could survive that. Like, I guess you could, if you're a tough fucking, you know, stuntman slash gymnast that you know how to fucking land. But I also think you could be deaf. Right. Well, a lot of people don't know this, but the reason this compilation of the stuff without the CGI actually got put together was for that guy's funeral. No. It was a tribute to that guy. <laughs> it was like... It was like I did see someone commented underneath it. They're like, 
Did they just round up every fucking stuntman in the world? And they say, must have, right? Because how many did they go through? If all that shit is practical effects, like that's, I mean, that's got to be like a 200 stuntmen, right? Yeah, so many crazy stunts. And it must a, have been fun. If you're like a stuntman, isn't yeah, that's that the, the pinnacle, shit that you're right? there yeah. for? But the amazing thing about it is you'd think that that would just be the film. It's just, oh, amazing stunts. But it's not. It's actually a fucking amazing film as well with some real like subversive elements. Like, such a good film. <laughs> just it made me want to watch it again as soon as I saw it. I mean, it's rare when you take away the special effects, you go, oh God, that makes me love the film even more. Yeah. It it's was so impressive. I've yeah. done nothing about the George Miller thing because as usual, I don't know what to do with it. I, do, we're gonna I, just, I just think I need to run into him. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Or, you know how like uh, when Fury Road came out, they did that big publicity stunt where they just drove all those... Mad Max vehicles over the Harbour Bridge. It pissed off Sydney for like three hours. They shut down the bridge and they pulled the cars up outside the Opera House and stuff. That got a lot of attention. Yeah, I'm saying you and I get in your black ute. Yeah, we just pull up outside George Miller's place and we start honking the horn and ranting. I'll be dressed like a war boy. You can paint, and paint me white. Yeah, we'll spray your face. Yeah, <laughs> witness. Witness, surely he'd respond to that. I mean, I feel like that's the best way to approach it. There was a YouTube video that came out about three weeks ago of these two nerdy kids who jumped up outside John Williams' house and played the Star Wars theme on, you know, like a trumpet Uh. or something like that. And John Williams came out and shook their hands and stuff. So I'm saying, we terrorise George (laughs) Miller. We drive your big black car onto his front nature strip and we start yelling, Witness. Well, I mean, you've got... Shiny and chrome. I mean, you really could dress like Mad Max. Yeah. You've got all the stuff here at your house. Yeah, definitely. So you dress as Mad Max, and I will dress as a uh, A Morton Joe. A Morton Joe. (laughs) He'd have to respect that, wouldn't he? I know he doesn't. I mean, the inside word we've been given is that he doesn't want to talk about about Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like... I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff we can talk about with him. Yeah, but... But we want to talk about Fury Road. I mean... It would be hard to be talking to him and then not be talking about And by about the way, it. last year, I went to every speaking engagement that he did. He did a talk at Graphic Festival. I went and saw that. He did a talk at the French Film Festival because they gave him some award. I went right. and saw that. So He I, owes us a conversation. No, I've literally <laughs> heard everything he's had to say. I've watched every oh, like, yeah. bonus feature. I've literally heard everything he's had to say about... Fury Road. And you've still I got still some questions. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you've got some other questions. Yeah. That maybe that's where we need to go to him with. Like, yeah. is that a going? I know you think he's sick of... Uh, I, you've I, exhausted it. Right, but we've got some other questions. Yeah. We've got heaps of other questions. First question, did you kill that stuntman? Second question, it. try to call Charlie's dog. <laughs> His name's Junior. See how long it takes you. Come on. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Third question, wow. how do you pronounce anesthetic? <laughs> Well, he's a doctor. Right. Oh, he so, knows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a doctor. <laughs> imagine if that's how we went into it. We go, first question is about, did you kill a stuntman? Yeah. Second question is, can you please call, try to call Charlie's dog? Third question, as a doctor. Yeah. How do you spell? No, I think we put the, we put the dog thing last. Last. Because we don't know Anesthetic is like... Because if Junior, do, if junior doesn't yeah. turn around, like it could be really embarrassing. I mean, if yeah. Junior by that stage it's is true. like, fuck this... I know this game because, you know, we've done it so much. He won't turn around and we'll be humiliated. Yeah, I'll but be ju- like, Junior, that is jo- Dr. George. You fucking turn around right now. He's ignoring us. He's, He's licking himself. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I don't want to embarrass um, myself. Yeah, no, George uh, but George is a director. So George would be like, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, he would, Immediately. Yeah, he'd found... He'd, he'd found know what way. Junior needed yeah. to get the best out of Junior. So whether it was yeah. a quiet little rub yeah. behind the ear and just a little word in his ear or whether it was yeah. a direct barking order, he yeah. would know. He'd just, he'd just say, uh, just, uh, just find you. Just, right. you know what? I just want you to have fun yeah. with it. Yeah, just, just have, have fun with it. Just, just throw it away. Just throw it just away. Just throw it away. You know what? Let's just... Just one for fun. Fucking hell. I mean, if from what I heard... I think we've got it, Junior. But you know what? Let's just have another go at it. From what I heard... Uh, uh, have heard uh, anecdotally about working with Tom Hardy, I don't think working with Junior would be that much of a challenge. <laughs> I don't... Very interesting chap, Tom Hardy, apparently. I mean, he strikes me as being intense. Yeah. Great actor. Great actor. Have you seen the cra- that craze one? Yeah. Terrible. Terrible movie, but he is really good. It's not a great movie. I I, I enjoyed it a little bit more than um, like a lot of people did. It, but I think it was a legend. I think it was mostly because of his performance is the reason. It's that the only I, reason to watch yeah. it. But didn't you hate all that kind of faux Guy Ritchie? You know, yeah. I don't think you can do gritty, edgy, true crime thriller 
and then have like slow mo fight scenes and stuff because it's like that doesn't well just for me my anesthetic aesthetic <laughs> is that I don't want my glamour glamorous violence mixed up with like true story true crime but the other thing is that it kind of reminded me of like because Amy's been watching Peaky Blinders so I've watched bits and pieces of it and I was like Peaky Blinders just seems better like it's right. the same sort of vibe of thing but when you watch Peaky Blinders set like 50s, 60s. Oh, yeah, but it's not the same. But, but, you know, like as in like it's just set around that sort of tough, like, you know, gangs running, like, you know, it's similar. Is it set in America or? No, it's... London. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like a similar vibe, you know, that sort of like, you know, British gangster, tough guy, running gangs, running rackets sort of stuff. And... I mean, Tom Hardy was in that as well. So that that there's obviously a little bit of a comparison or at least early on. But... um, I tell you what I did say that was awesome is Wiener, the, oh, the Anthony Doco. Wiener yeah, right. documentary. That's on I just I wish it, it last is night. stunning. Yeah, right. I think it's the best movie I've seen this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's compelling it in a way that, like, it's just one of those things where, and I, I won't spoil anything for people, but people know who he is. Anthony yeah. Wiener, the the politician who dick pick the dick pick Carlos guy. Danger. His name's Wiener, and he sent dick pics, and then his life fell apart. But then he rebuilt it, and he ran for mayor of New York and he had a camera crew following him around as he was at one stage going to win mayor of New York mm. and then I will say nothing more of what happened because if you don't know the story or even if you think you know the story like he has this camera crew with him for the re- it's one of those great documentaries where they've they, started they're making some, the one thing yeah, yeah. and then the something best. else it's completely like happens yeah. that's the best kind of doco yeah. and I guess it's what you're always hoping for when you wander into that but but the way that he keeps the camera there and his relationship with the camera but just what you it's what you see a compelling portrait of uh, this man so and what it, makes up him so and not giving anything away like, but it's yeah. his what is his major foible if you could sum it up as being one thing if it's like ego or I mean ego I guess ego more than anything you know like ego I think at the heart of it you know that lack of humility <sighs> he seems a likable guy I mean this is the thing I don't want to spoil too much yeah. because uh, here's the thing I will say is you will go on a journey with him <laughs> Like, there will be times where you're like, you get everything you fucking deserve. And there'll be times when you have genuine sympathy for him and the way that he was treated and what went on. Okay, this doesn't give anything away, but there is a moment that I thought was really right, which is, yeah, whether he should be sending fucking crotch shots to women on the internet or whatever, fair enough. Probably not, right? But in the grand scheme of things that have been done, the disproportionate because Reaction. his name was Wiener yeah. and because the New York Post could write like a headline every day of, like as a pun on Wiener it's, he's been disproportionately punished for it yeah he's like, saying you know it's mean? a disproportionate Wiener it's a disproportionate <laughs> but again see it's so easy <laughs> too easy I mean Bill Clinton is revered and he stuck a cigar up an intern in the Oval Office Anthony Wiener didn't even meet these women you know, yeah, he shouldn't he shouldn't have been sending his junk in pictures to them. But if you are actually putting the crime side by side, but he has clearly suffered much worse than you know than Clinton has, for example. So there is a really if you step back one step from it as well, you go, yeah, most of this was because your name was Wiener. Yeah. But surely, if your name is Wiener, don't send dick pics. Have it's the s- one thing where you're like, just don't send dick pics. I watched a documentary last night. I mean, I can't send a dick pic to somebody. My name is Will. Yeah, Willie. Like all that shit's gonna be, like. I mean, come on. Yeah, I can't do a Jake Carlisle Snapchat. No, Charlie. I mean, <laughs> goes there straight away. Um, uh, Call Me Lucky, Barry Crimmins documentary by Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I'd like to see it. It's fucking fantastic. I really like Bobcat Goldthwait. I think he's a really interesting dude. And this, uh, more as a director than I ever really liked him as a comedian. Yep. But you would probably know more about this scene. But it's all, they interview a whole bunch of alt comics, you know, yep. so like your David Crosses and... Um, all the Mr. Show guys and they sort of talk about Barry Crimmins as a comedian and what he was like in the 80s and, and you know, the way he was able to to weave, you know, sort of really sort of bombastic sort of in-your-face humour but then really intelligent, like, you know, he, he had just a way of kind of making people think about bigger issues but disguised amongst this kind of schlubby sort of appearance. And then, again, I don't want to spoil it, there's a revelation that Barry Crimmins came out with about something that happened to him uh, in his past which is, horrifying like it is the worst thing okay i mean even hearing you know him recounted it's just like it's the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone um but what the comedy has been for him since then and 
it's just incredible. It's a documentary that is at once so funny and inspirational, but also so harrowing. Like it's it's amazing. It's just uh, that's a that's a Netflix. Okay. That's my Netflix. That's my Netflix. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Selection of the week. Sorry, we've just done our other football podcast, yeah. and we're seeing. Sorry, uh, there's a lot of callbacks from but, our football podcast, oh yeah, which recommend. you can check out if you like AFL football, or if even if you don't. Yeah, there's people who listen to uh, Two Guys One Cup who say they're not into AFL; they're just into us, right? And I say, and I think there's some people who listen who are into AFL who listen to our podcast <laughs> and aren't as into us anymore. <laughs> All right, uh, you've got to go to work. Yeah, I got to go to work. Um, next time you'll hear us, we'll uh, we'll try and record. We'll one try to record one in LA. In LA, yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously, uh, if you want to see the show. On the twenty, no, it's the it. Saturday. It's the twenty. Well, it'll be fr- look. It's the twenty second. The twenty second. Yeah, work out where it is, where you are. <laughs> if you're at Podfest, come and see it. The it's on at two o'clock. Yeah. If you're on the internet, you'll have to you'll work out what it. the time is wherever you are but in the remember, world. Remember, evidence never to be seen again, one time only. Right. Um, you should tune in. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> 